everyone, and welcome to the Good Convo, Good People podcast with me, your host, Jordan DeLeon. Uh, welcome back to episode nine. Um, I have a very special guest today, Miss um, uh, Gabby Doro um, from the Money Multiplier. Uh, yeah, so as my last episode, I uh, just kind of touched a little bit on uh, the whole life banking. So I, I brought a, a specialist to come in here and provide just some amazing insight on, you know, what what this can do and, and how to use it. And uh, I'm going to be answering or asking her some questions. So uh, I'll let her introduce herself. Um, Gabby, tell the people who you are, uh, where you're from and what you do. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Jordan. Yeah, I appreciate being here. So it's funny, you know, Jordan, and I met on a, on a call specifically talking about infinite banking, you know, he was interested in learning more. So that was a really cool introdu- introduction to him and, and his world. But my name's Gabby Darrow, as he said, I am a, a licensed insurance agent. I know when a lot of people think insurance, okay, maybe this is going to be a little sleazy, or maybe she's going to try to sell me something. Uh, but that's not what we do. We, we take a totally different approach. So what we're trying to accomplish here is solve people's money problems. That's what I do for a living. Um, you know, you come to me with with uh, financial goals that you have and things that where, where you've been in the past, um, your finances, and, and you're trying to reach a goal, you're trying to solve a need, solve a problem that you have. That's what I specialize in. Um, so, and I do that through infinite banking, as Jordan was talking about. So this infinite banking concept, um, I've been in it probably for I want to say going on two and a half years now. Um, you know, I originally started with if you if you look up Chris Noggle, I, I was with his company, The Money School, and and you know we were doing a lot of real estate specific things um, at the time when when I first came on with him um, in 2018, uh, and then we found our way to infinite banking, and he'd been doing it for a long time. I had just been introduced to it at a live event at uh, at our office space in, in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm from, um, and it blew me away. And you know, it, and a lot of people, it, it's it's such a new concept. Concept. Um, so it takes some time to nurture the the, the knowledge behind it, uh, but it's been around for so long, over 200 years. Um, so the fact that you know people haven't heard about this, um, that's our mission to to spread more of that knowledge about what we do and why we do it. Um, being your own banker, that's what I help people do. And as a banker, as your own banker, as the controller of your finances, you are able to solve far solve far more problems. Um, than are created by uh, some systems that are still existing now. So it's a little bit about me, um, and I'm really excited to jump in today and, and get to know Jordan you better and and kind of provide some guidance to your audience. Yes, of course. Uh, and and as soon as I found out it, about it, I was like, I need to tell everybody. Like this is like it's yeah. just like like it's been here the whole time, but it's never been taught to us or. Uh, you right. know, nobody's ever shown us the this way. And um, I, I how I found out about it was uh, Chris Noggle was on TikTok. Um, it just kept popping up. And I was just like, like, well, what is this? You know, I mean, I was I was honestly a little skeptical. I was like, all right, now, you know, what's what's this now? You know what I mean? This, <laughs> yeah, the, this get rich quick scheme or whatever. But it wasn't the more um, the more I looked into it and the more videos I watched of his. And I was just like, wow. And I was like, I. One, I want to get it set up for me, but two, I, I want to tell as many people as I can about it. And that's why I have you on because, I mean, you're you're far more experienced and can talk better about it than I can. You know, I'm, I'm still new. So um, I think, you know, let's just start off just like the very base bottom of, you know, wh- what is it? So it's, it's a whole life um, insurance policy. So just kind of explain, 
just the the very base of it and and what mm-hmm. what it is that it, it is yeah absolutely uh yeah so these start off as a whole life insurance policy but it's not the typical whole life policy that you're thinking about you can't walk into any old uh, insurance company their 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 home office down the street from you and say hey i want an ibc policy infinite banking concept um they'll look at you like you're crazy and say uh, you know i first of all maybe they've never heard of it Second of all, if they have heard of it, either they don't want to touch it because the commissions for them are a lot lower, um, or uh, they they don't know how to build it the way that we do on a custom level. So these are custom designed, specially engineered whole life insurance policies. And we specifically only work with mutually owned insurance companies that pay dividends. Um, and that's for a reason. And you'll see as we get into it later why we do that. But um, at its basic core level, that's what it is. Uh, again, most insurance agents either don't know or don't know how to set up these policies. Uh, that's why we have our whole company is set, centered around it. Um, you know, the money multiplier is who I work with, uh, the company of the money multiplier. And we've based our principles off of, if anybody's ever heard of Nelson Nash, um, he kind of was the, he wasn't the father of the concept itself, but he was the father of infinite banking as we know it today. Um, you know, about 20 years ago, he, he made what they used to call BOLI, B-O-L-I, bank-owned life insurance, and he brought that to the masses. Uh, the average person, you and I, who can, um, we don't have to be a big commercial bank to be able to access the possibilities of this infinite banking system. Uh, you know, now it's, it was meant to be brought to, you know, average people, average families, people with, with financial goals, people who want to get in control of their money, don't know how, don't even realize it's, it's an option. So if you ever look up, I always encourage people to do their, do their due diligence, really look up the core of what this is and what we base our information off of. So as the money multiplier company, We've based our principles off of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Uh, It's a great book. I totally recommend reading it. Um, It was the first introduction I had after a live presentation. So this is your your live presentation portion. And now you can get into the meat of it and really understand how how it was developed, why it was developed, and why now it's gaining a little bit more popularity, Um, not just for, you know, it's not a craze thing. It's something that, you know, people are really starting to see the value in. Um, And once they hear about it, just like you, Jordan, I know you said it. it's it, you're un, in disbelief at first. Like this, there's no way this can be true. Yeah. Absolutely no way. Um, I was the same way. Um, but I had the edge of, I, I trusted Chris because I had worked with him before. Um, so when I came to it, I actually, I was a little less skeptical than most yeah. because I just trusted Chris and he had been doing it for many years already. So I just jumped in. Um, but it, it actually took me about two years to um, get into the position where I could jump in. I was already all committed, uh, but I wanted to it, 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 I wanted to get set up in the right way so that I could jump in. So that's what I did. I spent the next two years really um, honing in on what I needed to change and what I needed to um, uh, do in my financial life that would ultimately make this the best decision for me. And it ended up benefiting me, um, you know, well, a hundred times over. Um, but, and, and it's funny, I do want to come back to, because what something that you said triggered a thought in my mind. And, and it's that, uh, you know, a lot of people get hung up on, um, you know, this is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, why have I never heard of this before? And in all reality, if you, if you break it down and think about it, the person in the position uh, to tell most of us 
the right things to do and not do in our financial lives is typically the people who could lose the most from this. Um, you know, and I'll talk about, you know, any financial institution, yeah. banks, your bank down the street, Bank of America, uh, you know, whatever bank, local bank, community bank you use in your area, they are centered on the, this is what they do. This is how they make a lot of their money too. banks own more in this type of insurance than they do in their land and their properties, their land and their buildings combined. Um, so if that doesn't say anything yeah. <laughs> about, you know, they know about it. They, it's very clear. They, they know exactly what this is and they're benefiting from it themselves. Why aren't they telling everyone else about it? And that's just because if they did, they would lose a heck of a lot of business. Mm -hmm. uh, they would lose a heck of a lot of money. So always know your source. Definitely don't don't rely on any one person or one entity to give you all your information. Uh, poke around. Do your do your due diligence. You know, talk to other people about it. Talk to uh, read books. You know, listen to podcasts like you're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really just try to get all the information you can on it before moving forward. If that's something that you're worried about. Um, but yeah, just rest assured, it's something that's been around for a long, long, long time, yeah. <laughs> even before our tax. But... <laughs> and I, I I want you to say it again. So who is using this concept before we got the access to just so just so people know is, is yeah. the banks right the banks the banks the financial institutions yep and then they're the ones who benefit from it and then um so one of the videos that i've seen of chris is he was explaining how like they give us like like what 0.01 percent like return in our savings so kind of touch on that a little bit like what like how are they able to give us a 0.01% because they're making, so go, go ahead and touch on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So yeah, banks, banks, they will promise you the bare minimum. I think 0.01% is the floor level. Like that's the level before they say, I'm not giving you anything on your money, no return at all. And I think most of us have that. I think the last uh, savings account that I opened, um, you know, years ago was 0.01%. And I didn't know it then. You're like, oh, hey, cool. I'm making a return. Yeah. But in all reality, they make anywhere from 400 to 1300% on every dollar you leave with them while they're stuck with paying you, while you're stuck being paid 0.01% on those same dollars. So they've got to figure it out. They, they, they take your money. They only, I think they only have to save about 10% of every dollar. So 10 cents of every dollar they stash in the, in the bank, the rest of it, they loan out and they, they keep spinning it around and making more and more dollars on it. And that's how they keep making their money. They keep it moving. Um, but they don't do that with your money and they don't pay you that interest. They keep it for themselves and keep cycling it. So these insurance companies, if you think about it, when you or the, the banking uh, companies, financial institutions, when you walk in the door and you see a VP here, a VP over there, a VP of janitorial, uh, you know, there's VP of everything everywhere. There's always a key person of that company everywhere. They make everybody such a high level because then once they do, once they make that person a key person in the in the company, they can then insure them. So that's how they have so many life insurance policies. They insure the people that work for them. They give them a, a nice little promotion, maybe may or may not be with a raise, not sure about that end of it. Um, but then they make money off of that person by insuring them. And banks, financial institutions, insurance companies, they're all in it for the long term. So they know that once that, that person passes away, whether they work for that company or not, that insurance company is going to pay out that death benefit. And so the bank is is making 
their greatest asset, which is their people, work for them even harder without them even knowing. Um, so these banks have it figured out um, and they're just not willing to share the information with us. Wow. I, di- I didn't even know that. So that's new to me too. So that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they have it figured out. Um, and then who, uh, who did you, the book you recommended, the one that said that uh, made it available. So like just normal people can get it. Yep. Yeah. So the, the author is Nelson Nash. Yes. Yeah, so no- uh, the Nash Institute is what he founded. Um, and the book is Becoming Your Own Banker. OK. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to read that. But yeah, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So he, he cracked the code and he was like, hey, let's let's bring this to, you know, just regular people, you and I. But on top of because I, I kind of touched on on my last episode. So not just all right, so the banks did it. But besides like normal people like you and I, um, you know, who else are using this? as far as like high level, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's a good question too. I, I, and, um, you know, Chris Noggle, he, he started out in his career with New York life. He was with them for over 16 years as a high level financial advisor. And he didn't know about this when he was there. Um, you know, and he looks back on it now and says, man, I wish I would have known this sooner. I, I, I've steered all these people in the wrong direction and I had no idea. I just didn't know. Um, but he, he talks all the time about, you know, once it was, it was a turning point in his mind where he realized there was all these wealthy people who were not following the same rules that he was. They were not doing the same things that he was taught how to do. And yet they were seeing so much success. They went through the great depression uh, unscathed and he wanted to know why. So he was following around the wealthy, um, you know, asking them questions, really getting into the meat of what they do with their money and why it's so different than what we're taught. Um, and come to find out, most people, the common denominator was having some kind of policy in some form or another. A lot of times, you know, a lot of people have had it a long time ago since it's been around for so long. It's not always been labeled as infinite banking concept, IBC. Um, but the meat and the bones of it is, uh, is relatively the same. So it's these wealthy people that have it figured out, you know, uh, whether you're on, you know, blue or red, mm-hmm. Trump, Biden, they both have these policies. Uh, you know, uh, J.C. Penney, that was how J.C. Penney was helped formed. McDonald's, uh, Ray Kroc, he used that to help first build his marketing campaign and fund his employees' uh, paychecks. Um, Walt Disney is a huge one. That's where Walt Disney got his money. He used it, the cash value from his life insurance policy, which is what we teach in the, at the Money Multiplier using this infinite banking concept. And he used that many, many years ago to be able to first start Walt Disney. So the Walt Disney land, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's people that are all well known. You know, we just don't ask the right questions a lot of the time. And it's not because we don't know to ask the right questions. It's we don't we don't know what the questions are to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can't ask questions we aren't sh- even sure exist. So but this is the this is the, the answer that we've all been looking for is that these wealthy people have been doing something for years. That's totally the opposite of what we've been taught our whole life. Um, and that's just to do one thing different and get in control of your money. And so they know that the secret to doing that is to getting, uh, uh, well, one of the secrets to getting to do that, that we've discovered is these infinite banking uh, insurance policies. Yeah. So it, yeah. So, I mean, any, any, I mean, you dropped some big names there, you know, the, uh, the founder of McDonald's, Walt Disney. Um, I, I think last time I said Warren Buffett, um, you know, mm-hmm. just, just the, the 1%. Uh, you know that this is how you know they keep their money growing this is how they start businesses this is how basically you know they get started so yeah um all right so 
one of the biggest things that kind of like stuck to me and I, I wish we could do visual visualizations but um just explain like the process of like how the bank okay so so say you have um a hundred thousand dollars you put it in the bank um explain like the the cycle or like the um you know what i'm talking about like the the circle of what the bank does and how it moves your money around and mm -hmm. yep so so you deposit your money with the bank and let's say you know if, if you were to write something on your, your a dollar of the money you deposited, if you were to write uh, Gabby's dollar, and I were to give that to the, the teller at the bank, um, and I don't do that, by the way. <laughs> but if I were to do that and hand it to the teller, and I would say, okay, keep this in the safe for me. I'm going to come back for this dollar. I want this dollar. She would look at me like I was crazy, and she'd say, well, we don't do that. <laughs> you know. So it's not like you, you put it in the, in the bank and it sits there waiting for you. You don't do that. Um, you know, and, and I know there's issues over in China right now, one of their banks, um, and they don't, they don't, they don't have FDIC there. Uh, they're having problems getting people their money. People are coming in, in droves to get their money out of the bank and there's just none left. Yeah. And that's, that's how banks work. They take your money. They say, okay, let's keep, uh, so if I put 10,000 in, okay, let's keep a, a small sum, 10% of it here. Now let's take the rest and fund that, funnel that out. And we're going to lend it to somebody to buy their house. And we're going to make 5% um, on that. Uh, now we get the 5% now. Um, and we've been paid the, paid the, the total of the loan in return plus our 5%. Now we're going to lend that out and fund somebody's car purchase. Now we're going to make a percentage on that. Now we're going to loan it out and fund somebody's, uh, you know, let's say they have a student loan or whatever the purpose is that people go to borrow from the insurance, the, the banks for, um, that is what the insurance companies make money on. So we could essentially deposit $20,000 into our bank account. And then we, the, you know, next week we find a card that we like. We go to the bank and we apply for a loan uh, from the bank. If we apply for that loan, let's say it's a $40,000 car, they're not going to give you your $20,000 first. They're going to lend you, pretty much lend you your own money, lend you $20,000, make you pay interest on it more to them than you're earning in your account. And, and not only that, but you have this term and now you're indebted to them. Now they can call that loan at any time and just say, uh, you know, we want our money back. Um, and now you're just kind of in the hole. Um, so the main idea here is that we want to take back that control because in this situation, the bank is in control. They're in control of our dollars. They're in control of earning on our dollars and they give us a small sum in return. Um, so we're trying to shift the control here and, and earn it back. Um, so we're just going to mimic what the banks do for what we, for what our purposes are. And we're going to lend our money out and make it somewhere else or use our money instead of just giving it away. Let's say you owe some money on a debt instead of just, giving away $10,000 to the credit card company, you're going to put it inside your policy first, capture that in your control, where now it's earning a guaranteed minimum interest plus dividend, and now you're going to loan that back out to the credit card company. So even though, this is, this is the coolest part about what we do, even though you take that money back out of your policy, it's considered a policy loan, and loans to the bank are good things. So now, you have to have a mindset shift of now I'm the bank and now I'm loaning out my money to somebody else. But as a loan, you still have that money inside your account. So you take out 10,000, the full 10,000 is still in your bank account earning minimum interest, just like the banks do. They're earning interest on that, but now you've paid off that loan. 
So you can do both. It's about, it's about saving and spending at the same time. So we're capitalizing on what the banks are doing internally for themselves to make money. We're just switching the roles and now we're, we're, we're mimicking what they do. Exactly. And that, that's, yeah, like as soon as I heard that, I was like, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, wow. So basically we're doing what the banks are doing with our money, with our own money instead of giving it to them. And I think one of the biggest things to touch on is um, like, okay, so, you know, somebody saved up $10,000, you know what I mean? It took them, you know, three, four years to do it, five years to do it, whatever, how long it took. They go put it in their savings account. And they're like, oh, my money's safe. But then like an expense comes up. And they're like, oh, you know, uh, the, we got to repair the roof or I want to remodel the kitchen. They take that. They're like, oh, I got 10000 in the bank. They take that money out and it's gone. You, you know, it, it's all that money that they saved up. It's gone. Whereas in this way that we're trying to show people, you know, you take a loan out on the on the 10000. It stays there. Yes. And so. um, All right. So. We, we got the base level of what it is and what we're talking about. Okay, so say, all right, so I have $10,000. I come to you, Gabby. Uh, you know, I, I, I listen to Jordan's podcast. He told me about this. Um, you know, uh, what's next? W- what are the next steps? Or what do we have to do? So if you could kind of explain, you know, the, the step process of getting signed up and, and from there. Yeah. Yeah. So because this is such a new concept to most people and it's, it's, it takes a little while for it to sink and really grasp what the concept is and how it's going to benefit you, especially because, um, you know, each policy is customized and we get into the customization as you get more in depth into, uh, some of the trainings. But what I always say first is I, we have a, a 90 minute video or it's broken up into 10, uh, 10 part series, all about 10 minutes each, um, that you, you should watch before, anything. Um, have it make sense at the very minimum. If you're not going to go do other research, a lot of people do their own research. They do just some digging different other companies and, uh, you know, some videos online or TikTok or wherever they come from, wherever they're most comfortable, they do research. But at the base level, just watch that 90 minute video or the 10 part series. And then when you're done with that, it will make a lot more sense. They go through examples on uh, real life examples, real life clients and members um, who've actually used their policies and what they've done with it. And it's really eye opening. There's one cool one, just, it, just alone, this, this example blew my mind. Um, there's a chiropractor example and it shows how uh, by using his policy, he was able to pay off uh, close to a million dollars in debt in less than 39 months. Um, so that right there is, is a huge testimonial to how this thing works. Um, so watch that video, get a good understanding of it. And then when you're comfortable, have a phone call about it. Bring questions. Um, get really involved with the mentor. We call ourselves money mentors. Um, but we are the contact person for you to be able to answer your questions, get you really comfortable, get you the resources that you need and get you to the point where you understand and feel good moving forward with a policy. We'll walk you through that entire process on how that works. Uh, We have an entire team that will hold your hand through the entire thing. You're never going to, a lot of people think that they have to go to the insurance companies and hope that they have all the right answers and try to build a policy custom for themselves. Um, Let me just reiterate, you don't have to do that. You can have a good understanding and be comfortable with what we do, uh, but we will do that, that portion of it, and it costs you zero dollars, zero dollars. We walk you through the entire process from start to finish. Uh, You'll never pay us a dime. 
um, you know, we make a small commission on the back end uh, indirectly from the insurance company. It doesn't come from your pocket. It doesn't come from your premium. Um, we take a huge cut, in fact, on our premium or on our commissions so that you are able to access your money in the fullest amount that you possibly can. Otherwise, what we teach and what we practice wouldn't work. Um, so those are your next two steps. Uh, watch the videos. Definitely number one. Um, and I, I'm sure Jordan, we can link it in the, in the description. Yes. Um, I can send you that link. So that'll be in the description. Um, and then number two, book a phone call with a mentor. Um, that person can answer the questions or when you're ready, they'll get you rolling with a policy. Yes. And, and from experience, uh, from, from setting mine up with, uh, with you, um, I, I didn't pay a single penny. Um, you know, I, I watched the videos, the, the 10 part series, and I think by like the fourth video, I was like, I'm in, <laughs> but I, right, I, right. I wanted to, to finish. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just breaks everything down and just gets you fully un understanding of what it is and, and, you know, what, what the policy is doing. And then that's how I got in contact with you after I finished the videos and it asked you like, you know, would you, would you like to find out more? Or would you like to be in contact with somebody? So I said, yeah. And then that's how me and you got in contact. And, and I, I had some questions for you and you answered them. And, and I was, I mean, I was, I was like, yes, like, you know, let's do this. This is a hundred percent, you know, makes so much sense and something yeah. exactly along the lines that I, I want to do. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put the, uh, send me the link and I'll, I'll, I'll link it in, in the podcast of, you know, just, and, you know, make that decision for yourself. You know, you, you never came off like pushy salesy, like, Oh, you know, like blowing me up or like, you know, like trying to get me sold on it. You, you just kind of just like, you know, I'm here, I'm here for you. Like you said, you know, yeah. um, any questions you have, anything you need, just, just ask and, and reach out and we'll take care of you. And, and I didn't pay a single penny for it. Um, and you know, you, there's a series of, of things that you have to go through, questionnaires and stuff as far because I mean it's still a life insurance policy so just touch a little bit on on that like it's it's still life insurance policy so <laughs> yeah 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 and so a lot of people say oh well I have to go through the application and all I have to do the medical exam and go through the underwriting process which is where the insurance company takes all of that information on you into account and builds a, a, a contract um, you know, that's kind of a, a, a drawback for some people, and it's not an overnight process. It, it can take, on average for us, we've seen about four to six weeks until you actually get the policy and are able to pay that premium and then begin using it from there. Um, but I always like people to shift their thinking and say, okay, well, um, if it wasn't a, a strong, stable company, they wouldn't be asking for that information. Um, I'm actually thankful that they do look into, uh, you know, the, the risk that they're getting involved in with each person they do business with, uh, because that's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's almost like a business relationship. Okay. It's a contract. Um, and so if, if, you know, we're going to insure you for this amount, we have to know that the risk involved with insuring you, uh, you know, is, is within a certain parameter where we're comfortable with putting that dollar amount on your body. So they go through the whole process, you know, at first you'll start off with a phone call with our applications team and internal team at the money multiplier. They'll, they'll be with you for the whole application. So, um, you know, a lot of times people will get an agent who starts setting it up for them and then they're kind of passed off to the insurance company. And 
a lot of times with that, most insurance companies don't have a department that's related just to IBC. They, they're not familiar with um, all the inner workings of how we customize these policies and what they're really meant for. You know, the, the insurance company is worried about the death benefit. Um, we are worried about the living benefit um, of these policies. So that's why we have somebody that's dedicated to you through the entire application process. Again, no cost to you. Um, they're going to be with you to, uh, they'll have a phone call with you initially going over a few questions. It'll probably take about 20, 25 minutes or so to go through those questions um, to fill out the application that the insurance company requires. Um, and all of these questions, everything that they're doing is just to dig and find more risk, anything that's risky on you. If your hobbies are risky, if you jump out of planes for a living, um, if you, uh, you know, if you have a, a little bit of a shady past with a lot of, uh, you know, DUIs and things like that, yeah. they want to know these risks that they're getting involved with uh, because it's, it's all about security for them. Um, so the applications, phone call, you'll have a medical exam done. The cool thing about the medical exams is they're paid for by the insurance company yeah. and the nurse that will come out to, will come out to your home and do that, that exam right there. If you so choose, um, you know, they really can meet you anywhere at a, at a, at your office. If you work uh, somewhere and it's hard for you to pull away and get it done at, at your home, they can do it at work for you. Um, or you can meet them at their facility. So yeah. they're very accommodating. Uh, it's very comfortable and, and, and quick. Um, most of the time, you know, for, for more average policies, it's usually just a basic blood sample, urine sample, general health questionnaire, and then that, that's kind of it. They're off. Um, for larger policies or some people who have more medical risk, sometimes they're interested in learning a little bit more about you. They may do things like an EKG or blood pressure cuff type, things like that. Um, once they get all that information, that's really your commitment for um, doing uh, the, the get, going through the processes to get the policy uh, started, that's your commitment. Um, and when I say commitment, it's not like you sign on the dotted line, you have to move forward. Really, you, there's no commitment. You haven't paid a dime up to this point up until you get the contract back from the insurance company. We'll look at it together. Um, and if you so choose, and we can determine at that point, okay, do you want to move forward? Do we need to make tweaks for this to look better for you? Or, uh, you know, are you happy with it? What can we change? What can we do better? Those types of things. Um, so you're fully aware of what you're getting into before you sign the contract. Um, and then from there, you even have another 10-day free look period with any insurance policy to give you a 10-day free look period to be able to any, make any changes or cancel the policy in full. So even once you've paid the premium within those first 10 days, you can request that back um, if, if you're not totally into it. Um, and then from there, so, so let's say you get the contract back, we look it over, you sign it, you fund the policy, the premium that you've chosen for yourself, and we can get a little more into that specifically. Now you wait about within 30 days, you'll have access to a, a large portion of the premium you just paid within 30 days. Uh, my ex personal experience, right after I got my policy, my first, my first ever policy I had, uh, the first premium I ever paid, I actually had access to the dollars the next day after I paid the premium of oh, wow. about 90% of what I had paid. Um, and this is an, another part of that custom piece. So we, we talk with each individual and determine how much cash value they want, what the trade-off is to getting more versus less, um, and what their goals are, so how that would fit in there. Um, but everybody uh, that I've seen uh, in my two and a half years so far, and Chris is uh, you know, he's, I think his policy started in 2002. Um, and we've never seen somebody who has had, has gone later than 30 days and not had access to their money. That's another part of the custom process that we build in. Um, then once you have the access to your dollars, you've paid that premium. Now you're like, okay, well, this is great. Now I have a policy, but 
now what do I do? You know, I, I hear them talking about it all the time. I know what I maybe should do, but how do I apply that to my personal life and the goals that I have? Um, so we take it a step further. Most companies either don't have this extra step or they make you pay for it. Again, this service is completely free. It's called our mapping specialists. So those mapping specialists, will one will be with you for the life of your policy. And again, these are whole life policies. So that could go all the way up until you're 120 years old. You know, <laughs> whoever lives that long, I think one person has exceeded 120 years in the history of, uh, you know, what we, what we currently know today. But um, so that person will be with you for the life of your policy, being there to answer questions, deal, help you deal with any problems that you come across, um, or just simply to bounce ideas off of. They help you to create a custom plan from start to finish on what you're going to do for that policy. So let's say you have some debt you want to pay off. They'll help you walk through a two-year plan that goes month by month on a spreadsheet so you can clearly see all the numbers based on a contract that you have. So all these numbers are guaranteed inside your policy. And they'll show you, okay, this, this year, this month you have this amount of cash value you can borrow against to pay off this amount in debt. Um, now we keep going and they show you a, a process on how to do it the most efficient way according to what your debts are, your specific situation. If it's not debt, if, it's, if you don't have debt, that's great. You've removed an obstacle to be able to get your money working even harder for you. So they'll show you a couple options to do that too. Uh, but it's just from start to finish, again, we walk you through the whole process once you're with us, your family with us forever. Um, and we carry that relationship through till, you know, 120 years uh, of age for you. Yeah. You know, ho hopefully, you know, a lot of us get to make that age, but um, no. So <laughs> Yeah, just um, to touch back on on the whole, uh, you know, examine everything because I I did mine last week. I went to a clinic. It was, I mean, it was just like your typical, you know, physical exam, blood pressure, blood drawn, urine, all this and that. And it, I mean, I was in there for maybe twenty minutes, mm -hmm. um, so it, it went by super quick. Um, so, um, no, and and another thing is, I guess figuring out what you want to do with your plan as far as your your money. So I think some options that that I've seen is uh, obviously you touched on it is paying paying down debt, paying off debt. Um, one of the things that I'm trying to do with mine is invest, uh, you know, in real estate. Um, I think another one that I've seen is is buying a new car. Uh, you can you can purchase a vehicle uh, free and clear rather than having to get a loan from the bank. Uh, purchasing a house. Uh, I mean, what are what are things that uh, you can do with with the policies? Yeah. I mean, whatever you buy cash with, you can use this for. So how it works is once you take the money out for your, you take the policy loan out, um, you're going to enter in and it's not like a loan process where you go to a typical bank, you know, commercial bank, and they ask you for all these different types of financial documents and they go through an approval process and sometimes they deny or counter you. Um, it's not like that. You're the bank now. Uh, this is your bank. So um, what you're going to do a little bit differently is you'll log into your online dashboard, similar to an online banking, you know, that you have currently. So we're used to it. Um, and what you'll do is you'll punch in a few pieces of information, uh, including how much you want to take out of cash value that you have available in your policy um, and where you want it to be deposited. So it'll deposit into whatever account you select as cash. You take that and you use it for whatever. Um, so, you know, the first few years, you don't have 100% back of what you 
paid. So if you put in 10,000, you could have anywhere from six to 9,000 of that 10,000 available. And that's, again, that's just a custom, you know, on the phone call with the mentor, you'll talk about what your level is and where you'll be at um, and what's a, a need for you. Um, but so you, you won't have access to the full 100% in the first year. But the trade-off is you get a lot higher returns. It never goes down. It's guaranteed to never go below, go, go, uh, be a decrease in the, in the returns. You're always going to have increased rate of returns every single year, year after year after year. For as long as you have that policy, you're going to have increase in returns. Um, so whatever cash value you have available, you take it out and you pay for whatever you need. Um, you know, I, I know Chris told me his wife, she did it. She, um, was walking through, um, a store and she was looking for a treadmill. Um, and, and it actually, she realized she saw the, the signs for financing uh, and she realized, well, why don't I just use my policy? So she went and she did what she needed to do on the back end of the policy, got the, the money deposited into her account. So then the next day or two days or whatever that money became available in her account, she went to the store, uh, purchased the, the treadmill in cash, had it home, brought it home, had it delivered, started using it. And now she was in control of, of those dollars. So now even though she purchased that treadmill, the full amount she used to purchase the treadmill was still inside her banking policy, earning a guaranteed amount of interest, saving and spending at the same time. Uh, there's nothing else that we've seen that does that. Um, so, and, and then the repayment aspect, I know a lot of people say, well, it's a loan. So what about the repayments? Do I have to make my you know, minimum monthly towards the policy? And then also be repaying a loan to my policy? Uh, and the answer is no. Um, this is another custom piece. You know, we build in how, how it makes sense to do that, how and when, at what amount. Um, you can determine, hey, you know, I'm going to wait six months before I start making payments on this just because, you know, maybe I'll ha I know that I'll get a raise in about you know four months and that will cover it and it'll be easier for me or you know i'm going to start right away and whatever whatever minimum that would have been required to pay for the uh, treadmill and had i financed it through that company i'm going to make but back to myself so now you're going to be collecting that interest and essentially increasing your income um, there's a lot of different ways to do it it's each on a custom level it just depends on where your need is for those dollars. Um, but ultimately, anything and everything you use to buy cash for, you can use this for. You can use it for your office chair. You can use it for uh, a new truck for, for uh, your, your business. If you have, you know, let's say you have a concrete business that you, you need a new truck for, um, you can use that to purchase, use your policy to purchase that truck. You can use it to purchase light fixtures for your home. You can use it to purchase a home. You can uh, whatever, whatever your, whatever your needs are, this policy can be catered to do that, that for you and handle, handle the workload and make the dollars work harder while you're still getting your needs met. Yes. And that's, that's awesome. I mean, it, it's catered, not, it's not catered to just one type of not industry or just, but what you're planning on doing. I mean, it could really be catered to anything. I mean, in, in any way. And I, I mean, it's just something as simple as a treadmill, you know what I mean? And, and it, it, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just amazing and mind blowing. So, uh, like, so I, so like, as you said, um, you know, it's a loan. So you take the loan out, you borrow the money and you can, you can pay it back at, at any time pretty much, or does it have to be mm -hmm. within a year? No, it's, it's totally, I mean, what we always say is that the insurance companies don't care if you pay it back or not. They're in it for the long term. So they know eventually that death benefit is going to get paid out. We're all, we're all going to die. That's one mm -hmm. thing that's for certain. You know, we all born, we all die. 
So when we pass away and that person, that insurance company has that, that life insurance policy on you, they know that that payout is going to happen and they're going to collect their money. So let's say you took out, let's say your death benefit is $500,000 and let's say you use $250,000 of that death benefit available as cash value throughout your lifetime. So when you pass away, you're the insured person on the policy you have $250,000 of outstanding policy loans that you used and did not pay back to your policy, um, the insurance company will take that from the $500,000 and then pay the remainder, remaining $250,000 out to your beneficiaries. So really, in theory, you don't have to repay it at all. Now, to be a, an honest banker and to mimic what the banks are doing and what the wealthy are doing, you're going to want to, uh, and you're going to want yourself back with interest. Um, so... But once you once you kind of grasp the concept and you have your first walkthrough with that mapping specialist or even just your money mentor, um, you're going to see the, the value in paying yourself back. Um, but, yeah, there's no requirement to do it. You could say, I'm going to pay myself uh, five dollars a month for this item that I just bought, this treadmill. Um, or you can say, you know, I'm going to pay myself five hundred dollars a month and that's going to include 10 percent interest. So now you're giving yourself, you're giving, you're paying yourself interest for making a purchase you were going to make before. Yeah, and it, I mean it's almost beneficial to pay yourself back. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. So if I you're mean, going to be paying somebody else anyway, why not yourself. just pay yourself back? Yeah, exactly. this is coming coming full circle. Um, yep. So, so you you mentioned dividends. So just explain the. I'm sure people are going to have questions. You know, well, what is a dividend, or what what are dividends? Or you know, how does a dividends apply to this? So just uh, touch a mm -hmm. little bit on that. Yeah, and that goes back to what I was talking to talking to you guys about uh, before in the beginning of the conversation about us using mutually owned insurance companies that pay dividends, and that's because in a mutually owned company versus a stock owned company, mutually owned companies um, allow ownership to go to the policy owners. So the policy owners share in the ownership of that company, which means if they do really well one year, they're going to be able to have a dividend to pay out to their policy owners. Um, the, the other side of it, stock-owned companies, they pay their stockholders. They don't pay the people who own the policies. They pay their stockholders. So stock-owned companies don't get dividends. Uh, Mutually-owned insurance companies that pay dividends will give out their increases, um, any increases from that company when they do well to the policy owners. Um, which is very beneficial to you because what we do in the policy that actually ultimately works um, is, as a win-win situation for you with these dividends. Um, yes, most people with regular whole life policies select to have a check written to them and they get that check in the mail. And, oh, okay, you know, whatever, $200 this year, $600 one year, whatever it is at that point. Um, that's cool to have that cash in your pocket. But what's even cooler is having that dividend instead go back into your policy, purchase more death benefit. A small amount of death benefit, but ultimately go towards building more cash value. So it makes more cash value available, makes more cash that's earning that minimum guaranteed, plus more dividend. So um, we've found a way so that not only do you have that money, you have access to it, but you also have it, the, the ability to earn more on it, even though you can use it. So we build those back into your policy. Um, that's the most efficient way to use your dividends with these mutually owned companies in writing these infinite banking policies. Awesome. Yeah. Th thank you for covering that. So yeah, it's, so you're, that's how you're making money on top of having your money inside the policy. Um, and then another thing that, so when you borrow the policy, you, um, from what I, I read, you have to pay a percentage of 
back to the the uh, life insurance company, correct? Yeah. Yep. So the trade-off here, so you could either take a policy loan to get access to your cash value, or you could take a withdrawal from your cash value. Um, we only teach policy loans because withdrawals, yeah, you know, you don't have to owe any interest on them, but as a policy loan or as a, as a withdrawal, you also lose the ability to ever earn interest on those dollars again. You can't get them back into the policy once you have them out. With policy loans, you can. So this is another mindset shift where, you know, a lot of people think I'd rather withdraw my money than get a policy loan from a, or then rather get a loan from my, my uh, banking, banking company um, just because they don't want to be indebted to the bank. But now you're the bank. So policy loans are actually more advantageous to you in this situation than a withdrawal would be. Um, so there's a scenario, uh, we ran the math. Uh, there's two different kinds of interests that are involved in these transactions. Um, and you'll see it more uh, in, a, in a visual setting once you get into that 90-minute video that I, that I talked about. Um, we're talking about the purchase of a vehicle. So let's say the vehicle is $25,000 that you're purchasing. Um, you know, let's say, you know, the interest on that you're earning on those dollars is about 4%. Now, typically most banks don't pay 4%, but let's just say for this case, this scenario, the policy owner, um, that's, you know, that's, uh, generally what you'll make. So if you have this, this minimum interest that you're earning, it's compounding every single day. So you're earning a ton of money on just one single dollar that's compounding every single day at a guaranteed minimum rate. Um, on the opposite end, you take that loan and you pay for the car at $25,000. Now you're still earning 4% on the $25,000 because the bank said, hey, instead of you taking your money, let's leave it in there. We'll still pay you the minimum guaranteed percentage on it, compounding every day. We'll actually loan it to you for 6% simple interest. So um, now you're thinking, okay, well, I'm only earning 4 and I'm being, I'm owing 6 so I'm actually losing 2%, but that's actually not true if you look at the different types of interest involved. So it's the, the compound interest that you're earning, even at a lower rate than the simple interest that you're owing, you're going to earn more money. So in that specific example, and we're going to be updating this. So, um, you know, disclosure, the, the, up, the guaranteed rates have changed since this example has been out. So if you're watching this, it's no longer 4%, it's a reduced but the interest rate has also reduced as well in comparison to the the, um, the new loan interest rate that you're earning. Um, so you'll actually see in the example that you've earned money. Uh, you've earned about, I think in that example, it was about over $1,500 that you earned in the five years of paying off that car loan that you earned, um, even while owing uh, owing 6% and only earning 4%. Um, so keep that in mind when you're, you know, a lot of people struggle with, well, I don't want to have to pay interest. But the alternative is losing the ability to earn anything on it. Even if you're not owing interest, you can take that money and go put it in your savings account and earn 0.01%. That <laughs> doesn't even cover inflation. So there's a trade-off, um, and it's a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a, a shift that you're going to have to make. And that's what I was talking about before when I said when I got into it, I had to, I had to do some, some mental shifting. I had to really get into the mindset of, um, you know, I, I want to do this right. Uh, I need to get my mind in the right place. I need to really nurture this this quality in, in my mind of of being the bank and not not being a consumer anymore. Now I'm the bank. 
Um, and that's just what it takes. Uh, but if you just do the math, the math doesn't lie. Um, you're going to make more money, even if, if worst case scenario inside these policies with that minimal guarantee, no dividend and earn and um, owing, you know, the maximum amount of interest that you'll owe. Exactly. And then you still have your your ben your death benefits. Still exactly. In place. And, and that that's I mean, <laughs> I mean, it makes so much sense. I mean, to me, like right away it clicked. Um, so I, I know we keep talking about putting a lump sum into the policy. But say, you know, somebody, they don't have, you know, 10,000, 5,000, 2,000 down, but they're like, hey, I can make, uh, is there any other way that I, I can fund a policy? If you want to ex mm -hmm. explain that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, this is a big question that comes up a lot, especially on the phone calls, um, is, you know, a lot of the examples show big amounts that you have to put in per, per month, per year. Um, but really, it's all about what you can do. Um, and the more you learn about this, the more you're going to want to contribute because you're going to see it's, it's never come to the point where I've any ever any, you know, nobody's ever said, uh, you know, I wish I would have put less into my policy. Uh, it's always been, shoot, I wish I would have, I wish I would have put that extra 5,000. It's always more. It's always more. <laughs> because it's only going to benefit you. It's going to boost the growth in your policy. It's going to boost the available cash value that you have. It's going to boost the death benefit. It's going to make your efficiency point a lot sooner. So, you know, instead of waiting, you know, seven years paying the average amount, uh, you know, you could re reach efficiency where you're paying dollar, uh, every dollar you put in, you're getting a dollar back at least and more um, a lot sooner. So, but to simplify the answer, a lot of people, you know, just to be basic, really where we see the efficiency start to, um, to, to turn is about 10 times your age. So if you're thinking, 10 times my age on a monthly basis if you're under 50 years old. That's at least where you want to be to start on a monthly basis contributing to your policy. Again, you you give us the amount and we'll customize the entire policy around it. There's no extra fees we add in there. There's nothing additional that you have to worry about. You say, hey, I want to put in $500 a month. And okay, $500 a month, we'll build everything else around it. The death benefit will be this much for that amount that you want to pay. And what you're doing now is, um, well, so I always like people to think, what are you what are you currently putting towards your savings what are you currently putting extra towards uh for paying off debt what are you currently buying now that maybe you should hold off on for a little bit so that you can get those dollars first working harder for you and then go buy that item so again it's a, it's, a, it's that mental shift i keep coming back to it's it's um you know thinking the proper way to be able to be the bank uh you know the wealthy don't just uh, well the true wealthy not not the rich there's a difference between rich and wealthy. The rich really work hard for their money. The wealthy make their money work for them. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to be the wealthy person and get your dollars working harder for you instead of the other way around, you're going to want to take the necessary steps to get in the right mindset and think, okay, I need to be putting the maximum amount of dollars I can into this policy because it's only going to benefit me. This is my bank. I'm in control. And if you start thinking about them like deposits, have you ever put too many deposits into your, your bank account as it currently stands? <laughs> No, you've never done that. Nobody ever says, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have put that extra $100 deposited into my bank account. You know, I should have left it out, you know, under my mattress. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it's, it's just talking about, you know, and that's, that's, come, that's where it comes into the personal aspect of that phone call that you're going to have is um, what, where are you currently? Where are you in, in your finances right now? Sometimes it may not make sense to add it yet. Maybe there's a big investment coming up that you need your dollars for. Or maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck and you really got to resolve some things before you get into it. Um, but most of the time, 
if you put your mind to it and you say, you decide this is what I'm going to be doing, um, you can get to that point where it's going to make sense for you. You're going to start it. Most people, I would say 90% of people, it makes sense to start right away. Uh, it can help everyone. Not everyone wants the help or sees the need for the help, but um, it can help everybody. And we build it so that it does on a custom level. Um, so again, the minimum, you can really do anything across the board. We've had people put in, uh, you know, for their children, they, you know, people have policies on their children and build a legacy for their children when their children are older. And then they can take advantage of that for college or a car or apartment, whatever they need when they inherit that policy. Um, and, you know, that could be, I, I've seen people do it for as little as $60 on their kids per month. Um, and that's where she was at. And she had the goal of in maybe, you know, two years starting a bigger policy for him uh, so that he could capitalize on that. Or maybe when he got to the point where he was making uh, money at his first job, then he would start, she would teach him how to put that into a policy first uh, and then build that for college or whatever books for college or whatever he needed at that time. Um, I've seen policies that, you know, I think Chris is working on a million dollar per year policy right now with, with uh, one of his clients. Um, so <laughs> we can go all the way up to $5 million per year in these policies right now. So, um, the sky's the limit. The more you put in, the more it will benefit you. Okay. And I want to, so I want to touch back on, on for, for, our, uh, for kids. So you can, mm -hmm. so explain the process. Um, you know, you always hear, uh, you know, parents are like, Oh, I, I want to put, uh, you know, 200, especially with, um, uh, the childcare credit. Now that's going on to $300 a month for who, yep. who knows how long. Um, explain how you can get it set for, for our children. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a huge one. This is, um, a lot of people are talking about, you know, planning for their children's future. Um, and a big thing that always comes up in those conversations is the 529 college plan, um, which can be great for some people, but from our perspective, um, it's, you're left at a little bit of a disadvantage. And that's just because let's say that your child, uh, when they get to the college years decides, Hey, I'm going to take a gap year. I want to go explore Europe. Or let's say they don't want to go to college. They want to go, uh, actually get experience in the field. They have an opportunity, uh, you know, from, from a family friend to go work at their, their firm or wherever, um, and get the experience that those dollars are locked up in there unless it's used for a college or college related purpose. Mm. Um, so for these policies, they'll last them their entire life for whatever financial purpose they use it for. Uh, you know, it could be medical bills. You know, let's say, God forbid, something happens um, and your child needs that. You can use those for medical bills or, you know, braces. Um, you can use it once they get old enough. You can use it to help them, again, fund college if that's their choice. Or they can go study abroad and use that to fund their, their study abroad choices. They can buy a car, fund their wedding, um, uh, they, we've even seen people who use it for their children's uh, designs, who use it for their children's children in the future. Uh, so we've built that right into their policies. Um, and then draw retirement out in later years. So the younger that these kids are that you start them, the more use and the more growth you'll see out of their policies. Young kids can have a huge, huge impact from just a little bit of, uh, of dollars going in there per month. Um, you know, the younger they are, the more time they have for those dollars to grow and benefit from them. So there's really, there's really no, um, the only prerequisite for, for a child to have a policy is that the parent has to have some, some kind of insurance on them, even if it's just, you know, a policy through work or a cheap term policy that you have to have, um, if you don't necessarily want to start yourself on a policy first, or it makes more sense maybe to have 
your child started a policy first, or you can't get medically insured and we want to get your child insured. That's another way around that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always an option to do the children. Some adults even get policies on their children that they will take advantage of themselves <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah. So yeah, so they, they uh, most of them, I think with good intentions, as long as you're being an honest banker and paying yes. back the policy loans that you take, take then the children will benefit from that in the long term. But as the policy owner of that policy, you could own a policy on on your children and keep it for as long as you want. Even when they turn 18, when they turn 40, when they turn 70, and you're still, if you're still alive at that point, you can still be living off of the dollars in their policy. And then when you pass away, you can have it written in your will, some kind of legal document that the ownership falls to whomever you choose. Many times it will just be that child at the time. Um, and then they can inherit that legacy. So it's all about, it's all about leaving a legacy with, with the children's policies. Yeah. And I, to me that, I mean, that's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to set my daughter off in, in the right way, show her and teach her and do everything for her that was never done for me. Um, so, and this is like one thing for sure that I, I like, I was like, I have, I have to do for her. And I think anybody, I mean, um, I've had a couple of people reach out to me even before this, um, just because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to teach, um, you know, just the things that we weren't showed as, as growing up by our parents and nothing against our parents. It's just, they weren't showed it as well. Um, right. and you know, we're blessed this day and age to where, you know, um, we can learn anything on the internet and the power of the internet. And it's just so strong. So, um, I, some that kind of popped into my mind. So I know you said, you know, once, you know, and obviously, you know, I hope everyone lives forever, but you know, those knock on wood, you know, the people that do pass before their kids are 18, how would it work if say, you know, they, they weren't able to transfer, you know, the, the policy into their name because they passed before their children. How, how does something like that mm -hmm. work? Um, so, I mean, a couple different things can happen if the child wasn't old enough to inherit the policy and there was nobody else to inherit that policy before them as kind of a, a mediator, um, they could, it would go into a trust until that child turned 18 and then they would have access to it. Um, it could also be that, you know, the, the policy owner who had passed away originally would write ownership to somebody else, um, you know, in the meantime as a contingency plan. Um, or, uh, sometimes if you don't write anything in the contingency plan, or you don't even say who you're going to transfer to the children at any point, sometimes the courts will take over and determine who, who will assume policy ownership. So I just say, always have a, 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 a plan, um, for, for anything. Um, and then, you know, you can, you can at least have somebody and, and, you know, have somebody be aware of your wishes at that point, um, who can say at that time, okay, well, um, this is what's written in his will, uh, and you know this is how we should proceed with the with the with the policy ownership. But um, there are definitely many many ways that can happen. A lot of times, it's you know unfortunately a lot of a lot of people it, it, death is unexpected, mm -hmm. um, at least in terms of exactly when and where and how. Um, so it's always good to just when, as soon as you have that policy plan for for any circumstance, um, whether it's tomorrow or. 57 years from now yeah. what's going to happen and what you want to who you want to inherit that policy exactly no yeah and i wanted to trust on that okay and so then leads to the next thing okay so i think everybody's initial thought which mine was is oh i can only have one of these and i think you you've mm -hmm. mentioned you know you could kind of have multiple of these so explain yep. that a little bit yeah yeah so if you think about the banks um and what they do when they have when they open a branch 
uh, of a bank when they have one branch and that that branch is doing really really well they're really successful they see a lot of business now that that bank is thinking okay well we need to expand we need to build a second branch in maybe a different community um and and once that one does well again they get to the point okay let's expand to a third branch and they keep building branches of their bank as they become more and more successful this is the same thing you're the bank remember so now you get to a point where okay i've reached i reached the maximum amount of fundability in my first policy uh, meaning you, you can't fund any more without that policy becoming taxable at that point. Um, now it's time to consider having a, a new policy being opened, a new branch of your own bank. Um, or if you increase your income, you have more dollars coming in, you've paid off debt, now you have all this, this these dollars, you know, maybe $500 a month that used to be going towards debt relief, and now it's all freed up. So now you have, okay, maybe it's time to start a policy, get those dollars working harder for you somewhere else. But yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. And, and we've, we've seen, I would say about 92% of our members start their second policy within the first six months of opening their first policy because they see such value in it. Um, and then they see how it works. They're more comfortable with it. And at, by that time, many of them have more better cash flow. Uh, they're not as tied up because that first policy has done its job. So you're able to expand and, and do more policies. Um, there eventually comes a point where um, you've reached the maximum insurability on your body or on that body that you've insured, um, meaning you know you can't over-insure a body just like you can't over-insure a car or a house. Um, you can't over-insure your body either. So if you ever reach that maximum limit, Again, this just goes kind of back to the, the children's policies. If there's somebody else you can that you can prove um, you have some kind of financial dependence on or they have financial dependence on you, then you can insure that person as well. Um, but again, be the policy owner, control the premiums that are being paid, the deposits I was referring to. Um, you can control the cash value inside the policy and you can dictate everything of the control inside of that policy, even if you're not the insured person. So there's different ways to add on branches without you being the insured person if you've already reached your maximum limit on your body. Awesome. I, I love how you use the, the bank branch thing, that, that yeah. analogy. I mean, it, it's, it makes so much more sense. But um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, so, I mean, you can have, you know, uh, two or three on yourself and then, okay, you're married. So then your wife could have two or three on, on her. And then, you know, you have one child. So you could have, you know, one, two, maybe. So there's there's ways you can have multiple of these and and, you know, it's, it's not just just one policy and, you know, you can have them do different things for you or, you know, structure them how to, you know, maybe this one funds my business and then this one funds, uh, you know, my expenses are just just different ways. And and I think that that was another thing for me is like, you know, you can't just have one of these. You can have multiple. And I, I think that's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep building as your life expands. And, uh, and the idea is just to keep building your wealth. You know, you get to a point where you're just eventually, uh, I know this is a, a running joke in our company. You're going to get to the point. If you use this as the banks do, if you mimic what the banks do and the wealthy do, you're going to get to the point, not where you're, not where you're thinking, oh, you know, I wish I had more money to do all these things. It's more like, oh my gosh, I wish I had more things for my money to do. <laughs> you know, you're going to kind of run yes. out of things for do. You're going to get to that point. So um, yeah, we're just trying to get you to that point. And everybody will. Uh, wealth takes time. So, um, you know, it's just a, a lot of this can be done a lot faster than normal means. You know, this, this, this 
policy opens up a lot of doors and opportunities uh, for a faster pace, especially with our mapping team in place. They help you to really fast track your goals, um, but still it does take time. Um, so be patient with it. But once you get through the first, I would say, I mean, even the first couple months, the first year, and you see how it works and you see what it's already doing for you, you're gonna build a lot of confidence in the system. Yeah, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing too, I, I, I want you to touch on, and, and you kind of mentioned it, um, is, uh, tax taxes. Obviously, you know, everyone's like, Oh, like, you know, this uncle Sam's going to want his piece. How does, how does, how does that work? Explain to them as far as taxes with these. Yeah. So with these, with these policies, um, we teach everything on a tax-free basis. So, um, once you get those that those dollars from your income, you pay the income tax, you're only taxed once on it, you get it into the policy, and from there it's never taxed again, unless you do something that we don't teach, such as a withdrawal or, or something on the, on the back end. But what we teach with these policy loans, even the death benefit, all of this is tax-free. Um, you know, Say it one more time, people... Someone, one more time. <laughs> yeah, well, for the people in the back, it's tax-free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not tax. It's not tax deferred. It's tax-free. So you know, like even four hundred one ks. I touch on four hundred one ks because um, a lot of people rely a lot on four hundred one ks, and that's just kind of the societal norm for retirement. Um, but what we like to bring to your attention is that in four hundred one ks, those are tax deferred. So you pay taxes at a later date. And what's one for sure thing that taxes always do? They go up. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't you rather pay a, a tax on the seed and not the harvest? And that's what mm. we're trying to get. So pay tax on the seed, pay tax when you get the income, the income tax, get it into the policy, never pay tax again. Um, you don't have to pay tax on the harvest like you do with the 401k at that some later date when you're going to use it. You know, Chris refers to it as a, fro a freezer burn loaf of bread. <laughs> we, we do things with with our money that we would never do with things that money buys. We would never go uh, buy a vehicle and put it in the garage for 10, 15 years and then take it out at that point and start using it. We wouldn't let it sit there. We do that with our money in things like a 401k, 403b, 403bs, those qualified retirement plans. Um, that's just simply not the best way to do it. Uh, and and I, I encourage you guys to look up the father of the 401k. Um, he actually is going back on everything he ever said about the 401k being kind of the, the answer to people's retirement uh, goals. Um, and he is now using infinite banking concept for his, for his retirement as well. Um, so even the father of the 401k no longer believes in the 401k and what it was intended for originally when he created it. Um, but yeah, so it's tax-free. Um, and, uh, you know, even with businesses, it's, there's potential tax write-offs with using it through your business. Uh, your business can benefit a lot from it, not just as an individual, but um, you can either lend to your business or have your business own a policy and use it to fund uh, business deals or business equipment. Or, uh, you know, I know I referred to um, Ray Kroc uh, from McDonald's. You yeah. know, when he first founded McDonald's, he used it to help pay for his employees' you know, paychecks. Um, you, it's, it's a really valuable tool and especially because it's tax deferred or tax, uh, tax free, not tax deferred. Exactly. And, and you don't pay taxes on, on lent money too. So, right. so that's, that's the whole point. And, and again, do what the rich are doing with their money and follow. Cause that, I mean, that's what they're doing. They're lending themselves exactly. money through their policies and not paying, not paying taxes. And, um, 
not to get political or anything, but um, I always hear people, you know, they're always like, well, the rich need to pay their fair share or whatever. It's not fair that they don't pay as much taxes as as we do. And I was like, well, the the way to the solution to that is, you know, become the rich or, you know, become wealthy, become, you know, don't sit there at the lower level and sit there and shake your fist up at people that are, are you know, and they're not breaking laws. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're doing everything right. Um, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're smart about it. And they, and the, it's all the things that were taught to them. And, you know, now we can teach. So, um, that was my little rant. Another, th- so I want you to touch on the 401k because I mean, as long as I've been working, everybody, you know, 401k, put your money in your 401k, 401k, this, you know, that's mm-hmm. your retirement. And like, everyone just pushes that so hard. And, you know, you hear companies like, oh, they'll match you, you know, do more than the match. So just kind of touch on, on 401ks and how, you know, putting your money into these instead of the 401k. So just, um, yeah. and Chris kind of touched on it in the videos too, but go ahead and uh, do your input. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I, I'd like to remind you about um, the conversation we had about the 529 college savings plan. It's the same thing. So, um, you know, it locks your dollars up for a later time, even though the college, you know, 529 college plan is used specifically for college. Uh, your 401k, not only do you have to wait until you're at least 59 and a half before you don't have to pay the penalty on using it. Um, but if you take a loan, you have to repay it back. Yes, there's an advantage if you repay it, those dollars that you're paying in interest go back to the 401k and you're able to benefit from that, but you're still paying that tax deferred amount and it's still there's still taxes uh, and, and penalties before 59 and a half. So um, now if you have a 401k, we don't discourage people who want to have them. If you want to have it, that's totally your prerogative. You can absolutely keep it. Um, what we always recommend if you're going to keep that at least go down to the match. If you're above the match, drop it down to just the match of your company and then put anything additional that you were putting towards that match into a policy. Um, the ultimate goal, you know, some people have to make the decision between, okay, do I want to, um, you know, cancel my, my 401k, get the dollars out of there, pay the penalty, pay the, pay the taxes, do whatever I have to do, get the dollars, at least so I can control them, get them into my policy and then never have to pay tax on them again. Um, again, you'll pay less tax on them now than you will in the future. Um, for somebody who's more who's closer to retirement, maybe 56 years old, maybe it makes sense to wait a few years until you're 59 and a half, then take, you know, pay the taxes, take the money out and be able to invest it in a policy from there. But it's always a personal choice. I always leave it up to the individual, what they want to do, what they feel comfortable with. Sometimes they decide to keep it uh, to start and then they'll come to the conclusion once they're what we call around our campfire, learning more uh, and growing more with what we teach, then they'll see the value in getting their dollars out of there, paying the penalty, paying the tax if they have to, um, and then getting into a policy so that you can control it. The idea is to get control of your money. If somebody else is in control of it, um, then you've already lost. You know, those dollars are working harder for them than they are for you. So we want to switch those roles and be able to get the dollars working harder for you. Exactly. And I I always think back to 2008, you know, how many how many people, you know, lost a, a big chunk or even some of a lot of their 401k just because of the the market crash. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, and the the stock market are, um, I guess, world events don't affect these these whole life policies. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're they're uncorrelated to the market. 
So the entire market could crash, everything could go, come crumbling down, um, and your policy, I mean, survives the Great Depression. It's been around for, you know, 200 years. These policies have, have survived that. Um, you know, it, it's totally uncorrelated to the market. A lot of people don't want to take that risk uh, with a lot of, you know, things in stocks. Or, or let's say that they do. You know, a lot of people do want to do that. They like the risk-taking. They, they feel comfortable with making those decisions. Um, the choice is absolutely yours, but what we always recommend first is at least getting into a policy. The policies are not considered an investment because there's no risk involved, little to no risk with these policies. Um, we only do business with insurance companies that uh, meet stringent criteria that we constantly monitor, you know, six different pieces of criteria, um, and they have to... Uh, encourage and approve of infinite banking concept. Not all mutually owned insurance companies do. So we found the ones that do and that have, have had a strong history and a long history of not only being consistent in their returns, uh, consistent in their, their payouts, consistent in their dividends, but as a company financially stable and secure. So there's very little risk involved with these. Uh, if, if any at all. So they're, they're not listed as an investment. Um, now, what you could do if you did want to get into a little bit more of the risk, the investments, the, the stock portfolios, uh, you know, crypto, Bitcoin, whatever you're into, um, I always strongly recommend you get your dollars into a policy first. Uh, it's not this or that. It's not the policy or the stock market. You could use your policy, get the dollars secure and safe in there, earning a minimum guaranteed amount plus dividend, and then you could borrow against that and put it somewhere else to an investment. So let's say you invest in, uh, you know, let's say whatever stock that you think is, you know, let's say you invest in Apple. Um, and let's say Apple tanks and all your money is just gone. But now you think back to, oh wait, I still have my policy and all those dollars are still earning interest in my policy. I haven't lost my money. Yes, I lost it in the stock market, but I still have those dollars working harder for me over here. So. If it's both. It's not this or that. It's not uh, you have to don't have to make a, cho a choice between, uh, you know, risk and no risk. You can do both. You can kind of mediate. You can kind of find middle ground between both and protect yourself at, at the same time. Yes. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm that's exciting that you said that. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, take the risk. Yeah. Uh, you know, go ahead and do it. But at least, you know, like you have you have. The insurance, even like in, in sports betting, you have the insurance, you have the hedge and, you know, your your money is still there. Exactly. Um, so. So would you say if somebody, you know, if, if it's, you know, they have their 401k, they're like, OK, you know, this makes sense to me. Um, it is possible for them to take the money out of their 401k and come put it in here. Obviously, they got to pay the taxes and everything on that side. But it's it, that is something that they're able to do. As long as they're not working at that company currently that they hold the 401k with, if you're with the current employer that you hold that 401k with, they will not let, allow you to, uh, you know, take that 401k out and, and um, take the, pay the penalty, pay the taxes, do that kind of thing. Um, you either it has to be a previous employer or um, you have to be retired from that company before you can you know, take on, um, those dollars, but, um, yeah. And, and again, that's, that's a good question for the money mentor. They can walk through the options with you and, and talk about, Hey, you know, this, this might be a good option for you, or, you know, maybe you want to start out a little bit more conservative, see how you feel, get a feel for what this policy does and how it works, get you around the campfire, learning a little bit more, especially, you know, if your goal is to, uh, retire, you know, early and have a very healthy retirement uh, account at that point, 
we can reach that goal for you. We can show you how you can reach that goal with your policy and possibly also using the 401k too. You can combine both or, you know, it, it's totally on a custom level. So we'll walk through all the options with you, but um, there's very little we haven't heard or dealt with yet. So um, yeah, so definitely just come to us with your questions or concerns and we can help out. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's see what else did I, okay. Um, so I heard something, I don't know if you can confirm with me that, um, you can fund, I don't, let me know if it's true. It, you can fund these policies with cryptocurrency. Have you, have you heard about that yet? I have not. Um, usually the insurance company. So, so what I, what I understood about the funding part of, um, you know, what's allowed and what isn't with these insurance companies, like you can't use a credit card to fund, um, uh, I believe you can't use, you know, self-directed IRA funds to put towards premium, things like that. Um, but a, a lot of the times what happens is people will put that money, whatever money they're going to use to fund um, their policy into uh, their their bank account mm-hmm. um, as cash. So once it's cash, once it's liquid, I mean, you can weigh the options for yourself, what you want to do, what you want to invest in, those types of things. If you're returning earning a return somewhere else, you want to put that into the, the account and uh, get that into your policy. It's just about um, what bank account, what checking account are you going to give the information to for the insurance company to take that money out of your account? So um, some of those rules might be changing, um, but I haven't heard the cryptocurrency one yet. We'll have to see about that one. Okay, yeah, <laughs> check into that because I, I think I, I sent a video or somebody told me that uh, something about that you could fund them with, with cryptocurrency that way that because um, once you convert uh, you know, Bitcoin into us dollar, you got to pay, you know, capital gains on it or whatever. So, right. Um, but I mean that, you know, that, I, to me, that was like, wow, that, you know, that makes so much sense, you know, and as far as like future, hmm. the, where the future is going yeah. and, and yeah, you know, that's true. going to digital I, currency. To yeah. I want to find out a little bit more about that. A lot of, so the, the, the interesting thing is that things change in the insurance industry as the, the, these, these companies have been around for a long time and they can see when there's a trend that may not serve the, their best interests and, and, you know, it, it, by default yours as well, their policy owners. So if there's something that they see that, that might be working or not working, they'll make those adjustments, which is cool for you. So they're all constantly evolving and changing with us. Um, and as the market changes and grows, um, they're, they're changing as well. But just know whatever your contract states, whenever you started that policy, that's what you're grandfathered into. So if you have a, if, if you already have an infant banking policy at 4%, you're gra- grandfathered, grandfathered into that 4%, even if there's a change in a, a decrease in that um, guaranteed amount. Um, but the insurance companies also look out for you. They want, they want this to be mul- uh, mutually beneficial. So um, even with the reduced rate that there is now, a lot of people are talking about this. So it's called the tax code 7702. Mm. Um, back, uh, you know, in when they first created these policies and uh, as we know them today, um, back in the 70s, 80s, uh, that time, uh, interest rates were a lot higher. So uh, that meant that the insurance companies could support a 4% guarantee. Uh, now, with this low interest rate environment that we're in, um, they've been demanding, uh, they've been calling for, I should say, not demanding, they've been calling for a reduction in the guaranteed interest rate. So something that they could, um, they could absolutely guarantee in their general fund, uh, the 4% was getting a little tough for them. 
Uh, they were still making good on all their contracts, but it was just getting to a point where they couldn't justify that 4% in the low interest rate market. So they, all the insurance companies now under the new tax code 7702 have been able to adjust their policies to a lower interest rate. And a lot of people are super bummed out or you know, trying really hard to get into the 4%, but we've seen the trainings on these um, with the insurance companies themselves. There are new products that are coming out, uh, the 2022 products. And they're actually, from what we've seen so far, they're going to be performing better than the 2020 products with the 4% guarantee. Okay. And that's because even though there's a reduction, it gives the insurance company a larger ability to put more dividends in. And as we know, dividends aren't guaranteed, but they're, um, the insurance company has a proven record of consecutively paying dividends for over 120 plus years, depending on the insurance company. All these that we work with, they're very secure and they can very securely predict what the dividends are going to be. And most of the time, the dividends they predict are on the low end. So that doesn't even account for any increases in dividends that they actually have uh, over the years. So that being said, we've seen um, more better cash value growth uh, with these new policies, even at the lower rate. We've seen higher uh, death benefits in the long run with these with these policies. It's just overall seeming to be a better uh, better product. And um, another thing we touched on before, I know we talked about, you know, making the policy become taxable, what we call the MEC limit, the modified endowment contract. Um, it's a limit that they put inside each policy. It's a custom limit based on your premium that you select. Um, and once you reach that amount or exceed it, your policy could become taxable. So we teach you how to stay under that and we'll be walking through through that process with you to stay under that limit. Um, but the cool thing about these new policies is that MAC limit is a lot higher, meaning you can put more dollars in above your premium. So if you have an unexpected bonus at work or a, a pay raise or, um, you know, let's say you're in real estate and you have a, a deal that sells for more than you anticipated, you can get more dollars into these policies and more dollars, even earning at a lower amount plus dividend, are going to end up being more beneficial to you in, as far as cash value growth goes and more dollars for you to use. Um, so overall, we've seen a really good uh, a really good response and a really good um, product that's coming out, even with the lower amount. That's awesome because, um, well, currently or before, you you can never put in more than what you, uh, like originally, or the level or whatever. You, can, you could do less, but you couldn't do more, right? Right, so yeah, I think they, they capped out, there was, depending on the the policy but usually it was like uh one to two hundred dollars a few hundred dollars uh more than your premium is pretty much all you were allowed per year which isn't a whole lot yeah see so that i mean that's that's amazing and, and each year this kind of changes right so so not um so the dividend changes every year but this 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 new change has actually occurred for most uh companies already um we've seen majority all but one of our insurance companies have already made their switch um, we have just one remaining that's, I believe, on November 16th, I want to say, is the deadline for the 4%. Um, but honestly, I, I'm actually waiting until they do away with the 4% so I can get in on the 2%. Just for me personally, our, <laughs> I was our just entire thinking team about is that. really excited. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're super excited about the new ones. Um, so can't wait to see more about it and uh, really dig into them and be able to analyze on the back end what, they, what they're really doing internally. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, you just announced yeah. it on on here. Um, I, I is there anything else really that that you want to say about these? Or you want to inform everyone? 
Um, I, I think I've I've asked everything, hopefully everything that, that I wanted to just to kind of make things clear. But anything else yeah. that you want to add or, or say ab- about these? Um, yeah, so uh, really, I mean, the questions, a lot of people have generally a lot of the same questions. Um, and that's a, a totally normal thought process. But my my final thing to leave you guys with is don't overcomplicate it. I know it's something that's new. Um, I new to you. It's not new in the grand scheme of, you know, where we've been in the, for the past 200 <laughs> years, but um, it's, I know it's very new to you. Don't overthink it. Keep it simple. Um, get the information that you need to be comfortable with moving forward and you'll learn as you go. Um, you know, a lot of people want to know everything before they get into it, which is totally normal and totally fine because we're so used to having the other shoe drop and be like, okay, there it is. Um, but this, I promise you, it's not one of those cases. Um, I have my own policy. I've had it. Um, it's a requirement for us money mentors to have our own policies before we're able to become an agent and start selling the policies. Um, and each one of us has, you know, it's it's never, it, it's more of a, okay, what, what's my goal for these policies? How many can I get in the next five years? How many can I build on? Um, and, and that's kind of the goal for us. So, and even we are learning as we go. Things change. Um, for us, and we're always trying to stay up to date and let us be that resource for you to, to be able to be relied on to show you um, and tell you the, the updated news and, and what's going on. Come to us with information. I always make myself available. If you guys have questions, um, feel free to text or email me with any of these questions. I'd be more than happy to discuss them with you, but definitely keep it simple. Don't overthink it. You'll learn as you go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you so much. I mean, I, I, we're coming up on almost an hour and a half, but I mean, it's just been just solid information and, and I learned new things too. So I, I again, I, I, I thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone that reaches out to me that wants to get something set up, I could just forward them to you, right? Yeah. So typically they'll go through um, that video link. Oh yeah. Um, so or send me that. if they have just general, if they've already seen that, um, yeah, definitely let them, let them know they're, they're more than welcome to, um, like email, call me, whatever, whatever it is. I, I'm more than happy to answer questions. It's what I do, for, what I do all day, every day. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Let me know what you guys need. I'm, I'm here for whatever you guys need. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's, there, there's going to be quite a few people c- coming your way. So, um, again, thank you so much. Uh, you know, thank, thank you for sharing, you know, your insight, your input, your expertise on this. Uh, me and you will be in touch. Um, I, I finished my uh, exam last week, so uh, there was a couple of things that I had to fill out. But I think after that, I'm I'm ready to go. And I mean, I'm I'm already like I'm already thinking about opening the second one, and <laughs> especially for my daughter too. So uh, yeah. But yeah, thank you again, Gabby, for your time. Um, my pleasure. Yeah, I'll be leaving uh, the links to the videos uh, in the description. Um, I'll leave your email in the description as well, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And um, again, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you gained so much value out of this um, because I know I did. And, you know, we're going to change some lives. (laughs) Appreciate it, Jordan. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And we'll be in touch. Take care. Sounds good. Bye bye.